Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Phone number to call in is 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we incidentally would like to hear it. So please do call it in and share with us. Or if you'd like to weigh in on a topic or a call or a story that you've heard in the past, you can use that number as well. Of course, you can also write in through the website at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Make sure to press subscribe via whatever uh, platform you're listening to us on, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, whatever it may be. Subscribing helps the show grow, and it also helps you by uh, get you the uh, latest episodes directly to you right away. And if you've not done so yet, please become an EPP if you enjoy the show. If you listen maybe a couple times a week or every single day, you know, kind of ritualistically, that's awesome. Uh, we'll give you an extra episode every single week as a thank you, and you'll know that you are supporting this show and uh, making it financially possible to be going out to you every single day. It's just five bucks a month, and you can do that on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. On today's episode, letters, stories, Joe the Demonologist is going to weigh in on the infamous sage debate that uh, has, has, I guess, been triggered. Okay. Uh, you know, because Joe had the one take on it uh, in the one call. Uh-huh. Although I think, it, I, I haven't listened to Joe's call, I just know that he begins talking about Sage right off the bat. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm going to say this, because I think when he initially called in about the Sage thing the other day, it was almost kind of an off-the-cuff, I think, uh, thought on his part for what he knew about it. I don't know that he was really had much involvement or use of Sage in the past. Okay. So I think he was really kind of giving us what he had interpreted, you know, kind of offhand. And I could be wrong. I was worried that maybe we we misinterpreted what he was trying to tell us. He'll straighten it out. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. Uh, on his call today here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And of course, so your calls, your stories, all sorts of good stuff. I should not have eaten hot peppers from our garden today. <laughs> wow. We're sharing a whole lot. I'm sharing a lot today. Yeah. You are. Well, the thing is, we, we have the jalapeno peppers out there and I love them. And, and and Jenny got me this roaster and the size it's in the shape of Texas and you put the peppers in there and you can like stuff them with cheese or something and then bake them and then they roast upright and it, it's great but here's the the thing about that 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 I overlook you know when you make spicy peppers during football season and you cut them in half uh-huh. when you scrape out the insides and the seeds and all that and essentially that uh, that thin strip that that holds the seeds in there uh-huh. that's where the spiciness lives. And when you just cut the top off and kind of dump some of those seeds out, those thin strips that are in there, still in there where the spiciness lives. So that's why these today were so much more spicy. And that's why I today, I feel like I'm still sweating after eating these things. So next time, can you slice Six them? Six hours ago. Slice them like three quarters of the way down, take that and then stuff it and then stick them upright in there? I think if I was just more diligent, I could get it all out. It would okay. just take more time for pepper. I only had one, and that was all I could do. And you know me. I'm half Cajun. I can eat Cajun and spicy and everything. The ghosts of the chilies are still haunting me. That's nice. And I'll leave it at that. 855-853-4802. That's a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories to us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller. Hello. You are on the air. Good morning, good afternoon, talking uh, Jenny, Joe, uh, and minister. Um, I would like to explain something on the sage. I did not mean to offend anybody, especially the Native Americans. My wife is Indian. Sage, there's a debate on that. Um, one theory is that sage could be used for human spirits and it might be more effective. But the demonic, I don't think it is effective. But the young lady that called in with her husband that the demonic entity might be in the attic, she is a very brave person, and so is her husband. I will explain this. 
when she stays to help, what she could have done was make the atmosphere uh, more inviting and more acceptable for the entity to appear. See, your air in the house is clear. And when you use sage, it clouds up the atmosphere, um, giving it more density maybe to the um, uh, air itself. And the entity was able to appear more readily and steadily because you use sage and you actually were asking for it to appear to you. Now, when the Native Americans used the sage back then, they could have used it that way, but they might have had a special prayer that they used that was able to, with, with the sage and the prayer, was effective. Maybe the people that are using the sage are using the sage and they don't know the prayer, or there is a prayer. Maybe you should do more research on it. Um, but as far as my aspect on it, I use different means. So um, if you want to use sage, I would do more research on it. Um, there is a possibility that the young lady who was talking about it with her husband that brought it in, yes, you, you, when you talk about it, sometimes you, you recognize it and you're given it um, empowerment that you don't realize. Now, what you could do that I feel that you might be able to do is uh, your husband and you could go out and buy a pendant of St. Michael and depending on what religion that you are in, how do you please bless it and wear it? Michael is a defender against the, uh, the devil. And it's more so prevalent today than it was back then. Also, you, could, you can get a St. Michael's candle and get it blessed by your, your pastor or your minister and burn the candle at nighttime when you uh, are ready to go to bed. Um, it kind of clears the atmosphere. So that's just some suggestions that you might be able to do. If you seek my help, I will help you. And um, I will give you the best suggestions that I know that works. I also have a blessing type of kit that I can send to you that also works. So uh, I would say a prayer for you, and hopefully that the uh, phenomenon has stopped and will not come back into your environment. If it does, please use those suggestions or call me or contact me, I will help you. Um, there is a situation I had with a, with a client, with uh, the young lady that was dreaming about the demon looking box that was coming into her environment. Um, from my understanding, I have seen such an entity myself and chased it away. And one theory is it could be a hellhound and they are uh, versified in the demonic realm. Um, my take on it, my opinion is they're scouts. Or uh, the old term is uh, when you were dying, you know, going to hell, the hound hells would come for you and drag you to hell. Uh, the other side of it is they could be scouts, which means they go out and they look for victim soul. She happened to be a sweet soul that it attached itself to at the time and was trying to visually scare it. Um, well, a situation with the dream realm. There was a young lady that I knew that I helped uh, beat the uh, demonic entity. But then um, her ex-husband was dealing with some sort of religion. I'm not going to get into that. But the young lady was 13 years old at the time. And in the nighttime dreams, she had a demon in a woman form screaming at her coming to her. And one of the dreams, an angel came in. And, and vanquished and took the entity out of her dream at that time. She woke up the next morning explaining it to her mother what the person looked like. It was me. And she had no way of knowing who I was. And the, and the young lady, uh, the mother, never said anything to the daughter at the time I was helping uh, my friend there. So at the time, uh, her daughter was in Colorado and she was trying to get hold of her and she could not get any Texas through. So I explained to the, to the mother, I said, try to get through with the young daughter and ask her to ask uh, Michael the Archangel to come to her. That text did get through. It's a true story. That night, Michael presented himself to her and said, I will protect you from now on in your dreams. So I'm explaining to the young lady that was uh, uh, visiting, or uh, visiting, I guess, uh, at the time it was happening with this demonic entity that was uh, attaching itself there at the time. If it comes back, what you can do 
my opinion, okay, is get a pendant of Michael the Archangel, get it blessed, and get a candle and get it blessed. It will help. He will protect you in your dreams. So the masses out there, if you are having nightmares of this type, and my suggestion is get a Michael pendant the Archangel and wear it and get it blessed and get a candle and get it blessed and burn the candle. It will protect you because you're dealing in a spiritual realm type of situation. And Jenny and Tony, you're right about the uh, carbon monoxide. That type of property can do hallucinations. Also, in certain homes, the magnetic field can be higher than normal, meaning that when a magnetic field is higher, it can cause hallucinations too. So if you are experiencing this phenomenon in your home all of a sudden, please get your home checked out by a home inspector if you can afford it. Or somebody who is a contact who is knowledgeable. Check your wiring, uh, check your appliances, check everything and make sure everything is working in the home correctly. And if you're eliminated that uh, situation and you still are having the paranormal affect you, and then try to seek answers. Also, one more thing. The reason why I feel that it attacks during the nighttime with this phenomena happening with the paranormal, the creatures, the demons, the human spirits, is because we were quiet at that time. We're sleeping. Everything's quieted down at nighttime. We're all still. We're in that dream state. We're, we're just about to go to sleep, and we're just about, and we're awake. We're in between states. We're close to the spirit, we're close to the conscious world, both intervening at the same time. And when they, and when they fuse at that time, we are in between states, and sometimes those states can happen. Now, with sleep paralysis, um, yes, that is when the chemical in the body is uh, still releasing and you're becoming cognitive of the world and you cannot move your body and you are seeing these things coming into your environment or into your visual sight. Then again, you could be between worlds where you're awake, but yet you're in the spiritual realm also. So you're seeing both worlds at the same time and they know that and they come in and you're powerless to do things. The best thing to do is stay relaxed and calm when it's happening. Just relax, close your eyes, and you know that, you, that it cannot harm you. It cannot physically harm you. Please believe that. Ask for a prayer or do a prayer or ask for God's guidance and Christ's help, and that would definitely help. So, anyways, I, saw, I had heard the first broadcast of DTP. It was excellent. Uh, Tony and Jenny, as always, uh, you guys are awesome, and you're doing a lot of, you're doing uh, pretty cool bringing it out to people to talk about it. Just remember there's answers, there's always answers to the problem. So the young darlings, the sweethearts, and, and the people that are calling in, get help, or talk to me, or Talk to a paranormal investigator that is credible, and they'll help you. There's always answers to some of these, these, uh, these problems and stuff. So anyways, that's my take on it. And like I said, it's just my opinion. So everybody out there, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You're special. You're unique. And you're a worthwhile human being. Always remember that. Okay. God bless and take care, guys. Goodbye. Thank you for the uh, insight uh, on all those topics there, Joe. We, we really do appreciate that very much. Phone number to call in if you have uh, some insight is 855-853-4802 if you'd like to share your story. That was not an EVP I heard in the background. That loud, uh, loud bang was Jenny dropping her phone. Yeah, I keep my phone handy so I can Google things real quick if sure. I need to. And I was setting it down and it didn't quite make the table. So. Did something knock it out of your hand? No, it was just me. I'm okay. the biggest klutz in the world. <laughs> Just had to ask. So there you go. That kind of clears up, I think, Joe's take on the sage thing. Yeah. I I was worried that maybe we misinterpreted since he was yeah. that, and it was sure. different than what we'd heard. But that makes more sense. There we go. All to right. Me, so. The debate has been ended. Thank you, Joe, for clearing that up. Phone number is 855-853-4802. And by the way, Joe actually was on our last bonus EPP episode 
uh, with some insight uh, on a couple things. Can you hand me that, that fine piece of paper that I have hanging on the wall in front of me? It's taped. There we go. Thank you. On uh, on the show, uh, we got uh, some new stories from him, actually, about some of his younger days. One of the first things that he uh, he encountered. Yeah. I think he was a teenager in, in the so. story he was talking about, which is really interesting. Um, when he's kind of first, you know, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, honing in his abilities, if uh-huh. you will. Um and uh, he also weighed in on the, uh, the discussion we had the other day about the uh, the online courses that some folks are offering on how to be a demonologist and drive demons out just by watching a couple of YouTube videos. Uh, as you can imagine, that was an interesting call. <laughs> it was a good call. <laughs> yes, it was a great call. It was just it was very interesting to hear a you know legitimate demonologist weigh in on somebody trying to hawk uh, demonology courses online. Where they say, by the time you're done with this course, you'll be able to help drive demons out of homes after watching a couple of YouTube videos. Yeah. Anyhow, you can uh, check out that call and uh, and a lot more in our EPP bonus episode number two. You can sign up to be an EPP on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. There were some really good stories in that show. There were. There yeah. really was. Great uh, long call from one of our listeners mm-hmm. that... Uh, you you want to give a quick synopsis on that one? Are we talking about Steve and Muscle yeah, Shoals? Steve, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the. Um, well, he had an experience where it it was a I will say sleep paralysis state just for the fact that he was trying to sleep and he couldn't move. But yeah. we don't really feel like it was sleep paralysis. We feel like it was something that was attacking. Not him. at all. Like furniture was broken. Furniture was broken because yeah. of whatever was pushing him down into it, yeah. and um, it, it was it. Yeah. It was just an unbelievable story. It has a happy ending because it ended up, you know, working out for him. Mm-hmm. It, it the um, I guess demonic entity, mm-hmm. if that's what we want to call it, left. I think it was. I think so too. It's just you know. If you want to hear that story um, uh, and, and support the show, uh, we put that onto the bonus episode number two. And you can sign up to be an EPP on the website, Real Ghost Stories Online. Just five bucks a month uh, is what we ask. If you think it's worth more, then you do 10, 15. It's completely up to you. But uh, all we ask is five bucks a month. We'll get you a bonus episode every single week. It's a way that uh, we can continue doing the show by offering this extra episode a week, an eighth episode every week. Um, and uh, it's a way that we can say thank you for you guys helping out to uh, support the show. So please, uh, please do that if you enjoy listening to our broadcasts. Uh, let's go to a letter that was uh, written into us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. This comes to us from James. James writes in, Hi, I've been listening to your ghost story show, uh, or everyone's ghost stories on YouTube, and would like to share my own ghost story as well. Uh, Sorry for my bad grammar, if you don't mind. I, I hope and you understand it. So, yeah, I live in the Philippines, uh, or lived in the Philippines, but I'm now living abroad in the United Kingdom and trying to study English. I'm Catholic, so I mostly believe in God, Jesus, demons, or paranormal activity like ghosts. I like hearing ghost stories, even though it scares me, but I still want to hear it because it's interesting. Anyways, when I was still living in the Philippines, me and my parents went to our pig factory... Riding in a car. It says pig factory. If you're looking at it, it's a pig factory. They went to a pig factory riding in okay. a car in the mountains. Just checking. I know. I, I had to take it for a second, too. Uh, at almost midnight. Okay? Uh, it's not that far from the uh, main street, like a couple miles away. And all you can see outside the car are coconut trees and not much houses. Uh, we went there just in case, uh, just to go. In, uh, I'm thinking they're trying to see if, just to make sure everything was all right and uh, if the pig's conditions were fine. Um, when we got there, we had nothing to do at all. My parents were talking to the workers, so I'm assuming their family owns a pig factory. It and sounds they were like it. Going to check on their their family. Going to check on their workers, uh, and there's no Wi-Fi or internet in the mountains, so I'm just listening to some music uh, in the wooden house uh, that's there, and that's when it happened. I was inside a wooden house sitting behind the wall while listening to some relaxing music and heard an adult male voice behind me in English and it said, Hey. I turned off the music and looked around behind me. I have no idea who it was because there are only three people in that house. Me, a sleeping kid, and and her mother who is uh, waiting for her husband to get back to the house. And I heard it behind my back and it's not possible because a wall is blocking it. So I thought I'm imagining things and maybe it wasn't me who had been called maybe a worker but the voice isn't familiar to what I've known 
I can't be bothered to ask, so while I was looking for a good song that fits the mood, I heard him say again, Hey! This time it's much louder than before, and as if it was shouted inside my mind, and that freaked me out. I asked my mother if she heard something calling me, or maybe them, but she said she didn't hear someone calling, nor hear anything, and that really confused me. I was speechless, as if no one heard that voice just shouted out loud. I went to look outside the house and looked back and there was someone there. It was only a creepy looking huge tree and nothing else. It's like I was the only one who heard this voice that felt like telepathy going into my mind. But I'm not sure if it was audible or if it was in my mind. I walked to where my dad is, about 12 feet away from the house, and told him what had happened. But he told me not to talk about this stuff at night and so did my mother. I wanted someone to hear me out, but I decided to forget it, and I want everyone to get scared, and I thought I'd bring it up later. I looked at the moon above me and just thought that nothing is going on, but I had a feeling that something was, in fact, going on, and I had a feeling that something was about to appear above me, and then it did. I saw a dark figure of a human with huge wings like a crow or cold red eyes flying and looking at me, and then it disappeared. It was like three seconds of realization. Then I ran to my dad begging to go back home. I have no idea what was going on right then. I heard a voice, and now a flying dark figure of a man with a wing? It was almost one of the most horrifying nights I'd ever felt in my life. I don't know if it was a hallucination or not. Just glad that something like this did happen because it's rare. And I could talk some good to my friends that experience seeing stuff that we haven't. I think that's an English translation issue there. I think it's effectively saying it's good to be able to be have a relatable story. My yeah. parents finished what we came uh, what we came there for, so we were heading back home, and I felt more at ease with them inside the car. However, I had this feeling again, and I don't know what this was. My mind started to hurt. My head was hurting. I was trying to endure this pain while I was in the car, and I was hoping it would disappear, but it didn't stop. Even when we were home, it hurt. I'd never felt this pain before, and it started to make me cry. I kept hitting my head with my knuckles, but the pain would not stop. I told my dad that my head hurt like hell. I told him everything of what I had seen and heard in the factory. I wanted to make it stop. He tried to pray for me and drew a cross shape with his finger on my forehead, but it still didn't stop. But after a while, suddenly the pain did stop. Thank God it stopped. I was about to faint from the pain because I couldn't stand it, and the feeling was I was having disappeared after my dad drew the cross and I went to sleep. That's the end of the story. I hope you understand what I was talking about. I don't know much vocabulary in the English language, and I apologize for my spelling. Thank you for reading, Charlie. Charlie, you didn't do too bad. We got the story. Yeah, I, he, he did a pretty good job there. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. It's like he saw something dark, and it, like, it kind of lingered with him, and it took some sort of sign uh, you know, uh, of a religious symbol to get rid of it. Yeah, I'm assuming he hasn't had any other episodes. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah. yeah very, very interesting story. Thank you for calling in, or thank you for rather writing in and uh, and sharing your story with us. We got this call, and it's a very short one, um, but I thought it was just kind of interesting, and it seems fairly legit. Um, I just thought I would uh, shared. It's like a, like a 35 second call and I, I just thought I would almost kind of bring up another topic so let's just play the call. Here we go. Hey there. Um, I'm going to keep my name anonymous just out of um, protection of the deceased name but um, this is a second hand story. Uh, me and a few, of my, a few of my buddies were in, the, were in the living room playing Xbox, the new one with the new connect and everything and um, it has a recognition software where whenever it sees someone it'll sign them in and say hey how you doing? Well, the, they were all sitting there, and um, one of our buddies who just passed away last month. He um, he took his own life. He um, 
he popped up and signed in. Uh, that's about all I got. Thanks. So, I don't know. So it recognized that he was there? Essentially, yeah. What it does is it's a facial recognition, and it, if it sees the face, it signs you in. Oh, wow. So it wouldn't just do that. I mean, is it pretty accurate? Uh, I think it can be glitchy, but um, I don't know how glitchy. I mean, normally if he doesn't recognize someone, it would just say, no, not recognized, you know, or something of that nature. Not necessarily signing in under someone else who's dead. So, interesting. It is interesting. I wonder how often things like that that we... I mean, it was, and I, I played the call because, I mean, it brings up some interesting points of just technology and what we have today and what we didn't have, you know, five years ago or ten mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and can they use these sort of things as essentially a conduit to communicate with us as they have been with whatever the current technology of the day always has been, you know? You know, you had phones, you were, you know, you'd have people saying they were hearing, you know, people getting ghost calls, you know, or EVPs showing up on electronic recording devices. Um, yeah, facial, facial neck recognition cameras in your home, essentially, with what that Xbox is. I suppose it could be manipulated as well by the other side. Well, why not? I mean, people, and I'm sorry for your loss, that's... That's horrible, but I'm. What I'm thinking is, people recently deceased would probably have knowledge of how current technology works, at least in general. So you know, it's kind of like if you can, like I can sit here and work my iPhone. Yeah. Somebody a hundred years ago, they'd be like, "No way, there's nothing that I can do with that." Sure. So oh, I seriously, so if you have like knowledge of the current technology, it's more apt that they would try and use it to communicate. Yeah, yeah, I think that so. That makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I fully agree with that. I think we'll hear more and more stories of things like that where, you know, text messages. I, I've heard it before where there's folks that are saying that uh, they'll see, like, people pop on, um, like, messenger-type software or sometimes phones, you know, you can see if someone's online or, or whatnot uh, by looking at it. And I've heard of folks saying, you know, so-and-so who's been dead, whose phone is also not in you know it's canceled it's gone it's done suddenly they show up like their account's active that's strange so that's that's an interesting Mm -hmm. like i said i think we'll hear more and more of that in the future 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call with your real ghost stories hi tony and jenny thank you for everything that you do i really enjoy listening to your show my name is aaron and i live in michigan Recently, I moved from St. Louis. I used to work for the National Archives, and there I had an experience. I worked in a very old building. It was built in the 1920s, and it used to be a medical dispensary. And there, they had converted it into a warehouse where they would store medical documents, World War II files, and there was a back room that sometimes people would go back and look through boxes. Think of almost a library. It was the size of, you know, maybe each, they call stacks area. It was maybe a huge warehouse type feeling. And then it was just boxes and boxes and shelves. Just think of a huge library of different records. And sometimes I'd have to go back and try to find different records. Because what I did is I restored records and I would scan them in so they can become um, in... Online for the public to view, and it was rumored that in the 1940s a woman was a secretary when it was still a medical dispensary for the army, and she had a desk all the way in the back. And where I just described all of the stacks, and uh, it was completely dark. It was always dark, except if you looked in there. There was a small room in the very back that had a light on, but not a lot of people would go there. And this woman apparently had died. She had a heart attack on a Friday after work, and no one found her body until the following Monday. And supposedly this building was haunted with not only that, but other stories. And I've never had an experience personally, but I feel things. I think I'm sensitive. So every time I would have to go towards that back room, I would just get the chills and I would just feel weird. I would feel like somebody was watching me. And at at certain points, I would refuse to go back 
to that area or even into the stacks area. And then there was another part of the building where supposedly she haunts too. And it was a back part of the main office building that looked really dilapidated. And there was wallpaper peeling off of the walls and the carpet was destroyed. No one really went back there because there was a back bathroom. One time I was going back there to use the back bathroom and I just like stopped cold and felt just the chills and I felt like somebody was washing me and I was just I just froze for a minute and then turned right around and left as soon as I could. And I had that on several occasions in that particular building. So thank you for everything you do. That was my experience and talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for calling in. I think she's got the Kenny G circular circular breathing thing going on. How she can just go and... and she, she doesn't take a breath. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for uh, for calling in and sharing that story. Yeah. Um, my question for you, if you think you're sensitive, think back when you first started working there. If you got weird feelings before you knew the history or was it after you knew the history? Because you can still get weird, weird feelings after you know the history, but... The sensitive thing, picking up on it before you know the story, I think is the key. But regardless, it sounds like a creepy place to work. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, especially to, you know, what it, it, it being in the National Archives before it was what an, uh, a dispensary. Yeah. I'm thinking there's a lot of interesting energy that's gone in and out of that place. Oh, yeah. Over the course of time. So thank you for the call. Uh, letter uh, says, just wanted to do a, a follow up and say thank you for sharing my story and sharing your thoughts on my experiences in your Haunted Hotel episode. This was a several episodes back, I believe. Uh, I do have a few things that I'd like to add to that that I had ne- neglected to write in my last letter, mainly just to shorten uh, the letter a, a bit. I have to uh, throw in real quick that I still do see the Hat Man on occasion, but not that frequently. Do you remember this, the Hat Man? Do you remember the Haunted Hotel episode? Vaguely, I'll be honest. Okay. I vaguely remember it. From my knowledge of what uh, the Hat Man is, it's that he's essentially an observer and doesn't really do all that much. But uh, uh, that's all that I really know about this figure. And as far as the little girl, I feel as if Lillian has finally passed on towards something better. I probably should have mentioned that I feel as if she had passed on about one to two months prior to hearing the mama being said in my ear that 4th of July night. I believe that the evil entity could be trying to pass itself off in my trust. And I do have to add that I feel as if the evil entity that is in my closet has been in the house prior to my parents purchasing the property. So I have a feeling that a prior owner of the home had let something in and the entity had never left. Then again, I'm not entirely sure. My parents purchased this property in about 1985, and the house is much older, it was built in 1874 and had always had a bad feeling about my closet, even as a young child. I have never used a Ouija board, let alone touched one, and have never messed around with any form of black magic, and even at a young age, I never knew what a Ouija board was, and I never knew about black magic. I used to think it would be cool to use a Ouija board when I was in 7th or 8th grade, and always thought it would be harmless fun, but... Now I know that unless you know how to properly protect yourself from it and keep even evil entity away from passing through, then it'd be b- better to just leave the Ouija board alone. Plus, I had always thought that magic was something along with the lines of David Copperfield, Penn and Teller, or Siegfried and Roy. The thought of bringing over evil entities from the other side by using a Ouija board or practicing black magic never crossed my mind when I was seven. I'm 22 now, and I've learned a lot over the past 15 years that not all magic is good and not all spirits are friendly. That's all I have for now. Thanks again, Joel. Okay. I think, because uh, that episode was a little ways back, um, that was the one where there, I believe there was that, where there was the, the bellman that was on a different floor of the hotel. I think that was a different story. Was it a different hotel? I'm sorry, I get them confused. I think, I don't think this okay if i remember right the story that we're talking about wasn't actually about a haunted hotel it was just in the episode called oh just in the uh, yeah haunted hotel throne because i think it had everything to do with the house that he was growing he up was growing in. up in. Mm-hmm. okay okay i get you now i'll have to go back and listen to that episode and refresh myself on what that was uh 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story here to real ghost stories 
online. This uh, letter actually uh, was posted to us on our uh, our message board, and then somebody also pointed out that it was, uh, I believe, was sent into another uh, website a while back. So I'm not sure if this is a case of somebody simply copying and pasting a story, um, or if it's the original author, you know, simply on the topic writing into us and going, "Hey, here's my story. What do you think?" Okay. So, either way, uh, I believe uh, the, there were several folks who I didn't. I've not read the story yet, but I saw some of the, the brief comments after saying it was a creepy story, nonetheless. So. I thought I'd bring it to the show. We had a, another story, at least one that I know of, that was shared on multiple sites, but I believe yeah. it was the original author that, that wrote it to it us. In. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get that. Sure. So. And I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, someone says, hello, all. My name is Bojang. My friends call me Bojangles. Real original. I need new friends. My experience happened with my family. We have never figured this out or found an explanation for it. And now, with the three living witnesses left, I've decided to share after many weeks of listening to the podcast. I was seven, my brother Hudson 10, my mom in her early 40s, my grandmother, her mom in her early 60s. So we were all uh, cognate. No one was too young or too senile to not recall this nonsense. Yet still nobody, no uh, bloody answer. Grandma lived in an isolated country road in North Carolina that was named after her family since they were the only crazy suckers who lived on that land for about a thousand uh, uh, acres. And I do mean crazy. We had some stories about relatives that start with, you remember that time Uncle Bob was in the ditch with a shotgun? Which time? Okay, there you go. (laughs) Her house had been empty for several weeks while she'd been visiting us in Florida. We were all back spending the weekend with her before trekking back to the Sunshine State. The house uh, is in the for real country, literally over train tracks, past a salvage yard, and her nearest neighbor, a cousin, everyone is related to everyone who owns a house on the road, uh, ain't within screaming distance. Yes, that seems to be the real system of of measurement, screaming distance. Uh, it's early in the a.m., just like uh, before at daybreak, we're awake because these are farm freaks who wake at the crack of dawn from a sheer ingrained habit. We're eating cereal when we hear someone pull up outside. Curious, we all run to the big picture window that looks onto the front yard. There's a strange truck there. No one seems to be behind the wheel, though the engine is idling. The truck is, well, old. For one thing... It's old-timey, like from maybe the 1930s. You could picture the uh, Joad family uh, heading to California in the thing. Uh, it's rusted, but it was uh, probably once painted blue. We Did you just say Joad family? It says J-O-A-D. That's a reference to Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath, and it's Joad like Toad. Okay, well, there you go. That's your literature lesson of the day. Thank you, Jenny Bruschi, for making us all feel stupid. <laughs> Anytime. We stare at the thing, bewildered. Mom asks Grandma if she knows who that is. Nope, not a clue, says Grandma. She runs to get the phone to call her cousin Ray and ask him to come up. She thinks maybe it's a hired hand and he's just at the wrong farm. Just as he asks him to come on down, the phone goes dead. Well, that's unsettling. All at once, there's a loud, insistent banging on the front door. We all scream. My grandma, who is terrifyingly resourceful, huddles us all into the living room away from the window where anyone can see us. Then, while mom, me, and my brother tremble there on the couch, she grabs a serrated bread knife from the kitchen and cautiously approaches the front door. She peeks out a side window. Very stealthily, she turns back to us and looks confused, shakes her head like no one is there. We all kind of breathe easier. Then every damn door in the house starts banging relentlessly. I can still hear it, rhythmic and terrifying, like all the doors are about to splinter and crack. There were two doors in the basement beneath us, so the sound is also a reverberation at our feet. There are three ground floor doors that are shaking. We can see them trembling and jerking on their hinges from our vantage point on the couch. Finally, Mom runs to the window, either from a psychotic break with the reality of terror. I have no clue. She cries, Oh, thank thank Christ, Ray is here. We run to her and peek out the picture window. 
There's no one that we can see in the yard, but we can't see all the doors from our viewpoint. Ray walks by the truck with a shotgun in his hand. Ray, it should be noted, has pretty much every gun ever made. He looks puzzled, looking at the rear of the truck, and he glances in the cab window, and he stops. He goes pale, runs a hand down his face. Then he runs toward to the house towards us. My grandmother flings open the kitchen door and she sees him coming. He shouts, Everyone get behind the couch. Get down. He runs past us as we bolt for the couch. The banging starts again. All the doors and now we can hear the windows rattle. It's like a tornado or the end of the world. We're all too scared to scream. Ray flings open the front door and fires the huge shotgun once. Bang! Deafening. As he does, the truck roars into life, and it sounds like a train. We scramble up, and the banging stops mercifully. Ray is advancing onto the lawn, gun leveled at the truck. We run behind him, wanting to be out of that shaking, quivering house, and near the dude with the gun. The truck peels out backwards, cutting across the yard and racing into a breakneck speed. Tires squeal, rubber is burned, Ray fires again, and we all cower behind him. He blows out the back window with the sound of a thousand plates smashing into the linoleum, but the truck never even hiccups, just roars down the road. No tags, not even a vanity plate on the back. There was no one behind the wheel of that thing. We all had a clear view. Everyone agreed, not a driver in the cab. Well, not anything... We could see, anyhow. The police were called. Ray had to go home to his house to call. This was uh, the way uh, the, the, we had to do in the pre-cell phone era. The phone line had been cut. There was not a single boot print in the entire yard except Ray's from where he'd run in and out of the house. Ray reported that there had been no plate, but when he looked into the cab, it looked like something from a horror movie. He said there were all kinds of weird restraints, handcuffs, C-clamps, nylon straps, and he said that the floorboards looked covered in in what smelled like blood to him. Ray was famous for his keen sense of smell, and the window was down, so it's possible. Ray said he thought he saw a blur of something out the picture window and ran to fire the first shot but missed because once he stood there, nothing or no one was on the lawn or in the truck. Then it shot backwards out of the yard and out of our lives, leaving no answers, just a deep sense of unease every time we'd visit. Grandma and Ray have passed, deeply religious people. They stuck by their unchanging version of the story until they died. My brother, mother, and I have never been able to figure it out. Neither did the cops. I think it should be noted. We don't know how all the windows and doors were banging. We don't know why we never saw a soul anywhere or how they could get around the sides of the house without leaving a trace in the damp earth. That is a very creepy story, and I don't even know where to begin on it. Well, it's interesting. I mean, it sounds like it's something very dark. Obviously. Um, my, my question would be, why does something so dark need a truck to get to and from a building? Um... You know? Could it be just for the sole purpose to confuse? I suppose. I mean, I wonder if the truck... I mean, if it was just to confuse, if if the truck really exists, you know, if, if, you know, once it's out of sight, it's gone. Um, If maybe it was someone that was behind it that, that was carrying something with them to make this happen to them, meaning some sort of entity or something. You know, so yeah. maybe they just happen to miss the actual person, which could be the case. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's just a really bizarre, dark story. It's really scary. Yeah. That's something like out of a horror movie. Yeah. It really is. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. If you're a brand new listener to the show, please press the subscribe button. Thank you in advance for doing that. You won't miss any of our stories. Then as we release them. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Hey, guys. This is Tanya calling from Canada. Um, I grew up in a haunted house, and while I was living in it, uh, I mean, it 
you grew up that way, so it was so normal, but now my parents still live in it, and uh, the house just creeps, creeps me out. I won't go in there alone. Um, yeah, and I hope I'd never have to live in a haunted house again. Um, my bedroom was always in the basement, and I loved it because it was secluded. It was far away from my brothers and sisters and my parents. And, but at night, even when I was younger, around 10-ish, we had uh, carpeting, but you would hear a man's boots walking on the floor towards my bedroom door, uh, which was kind of terrifying. <laughs> um, later, later on when I was 12 or 13, they changed it to wood floors and uh, the same noise could be heard. You could hear the, the footsteps. I would go see if it was my mom or something, even though she never wore shoes in the house. One can hope, right? But uh, no one was ever there. On numerous uh, occasions, someone would sit on the end of my bed and I could feel the mattress depress and you could see the, the circle outline as if, you know, there was someone sitting there, but no one was actually there. So I would just sort of curl my feet up into a ball and just hope it wouldn't touch me or something, um, which was always so scary. Um, the scariest thing that ever happened, though, was I was uh, about 16 my grandfather had just died and I was so, so sad. And I had lit, lit a candle in my room and I was sitting on the floor and I was just crying and crying and crying. And then um, I heard the footsteps as usual and I just ignored them because I wasn't in the mood. And, and all of a sudden it felt like something had rushed me, like something had just like ran up towards me. So I whirled around to, to see if someone was behind me and I, I jumped back because it felt like something had stopped right in front of my face. And I've never been so terrified in my entire life. Um, I don't I don't know what that the hell <laughs> happened there, but or why, but um, yeah, it literally felt as if someone had rushed at me full force and stopped right in front of my face. And uh, it just chilled me to the bone. It was just, oh, it was horrible. While I was living there, I used to have these re reoccurring nightmares also. And it was always the same type of nightmares. It was always this this man, he was about six foot, I would say, because he was a bit taller than what my, my dad would be. Um, kind of a large set guy, but he had no stomach. <laughs> and in my dreams, I was always trapped in the basement with him, and he was trying to tell me that it was okay and that he wouldn't hurt me and that, look, it's cool, you know, you can just put your hand through his stomach. Like There was just like this thin film of skin so he looked normal, but then when you, you reached in to, like, poke him like the Pillsbury Doughboy, you could just put your hand right through him, um, which was, oh, God, it was awful. And he was always trying to tell me that it was okay, and I was like, um, no, no, it's not, and I would always wake up terrified. But once I moved out, the dreams never happened again. So now I'm wondering, maybe that's the spirit that was in the basement. Maybe it was a former person who lived there I don't know I've never I've never checked it out but um a few weeks ago I was talking to my mom because she won wanted to know why I wouldn't stay in the basement alone and I was like because the house is haunted and she goes well I know that and I was like what do you mean you know that like and she she would tell me how upstairs in her bedroom um my dad works night shifts, so she's normally alone at night. And she would hear someone walk into the room, and when she would, you know, look up to see who it was, she could just see, like, this black shadow figure of a very tall man standing in front of the bed. And she thought it would 
thought it was my dad till it would just disappear and my dad wouldn't be home. Or uh, something would sit on the end of her bed and or when she was working in the basement, she would hear the footsteps to call out to see if anyone was there, nothing. Um, she said that the bathroom door in the basement actually opens occasionally when she hears the footsteps, and I'm just so glad that's never happened to me. My brother, who is now 18 and lives in, uh, he stays in my old bedroom where I would have someone sit on the bed and had all my occurrences. He's actually told my mom that something has physically shaken him and woken him up or things will move in his bedroom. And I'm not sure. It just seems like the activity is escalating. And I think it might be because my brother, my brother does do drugs and uh, him and my parents are always fighting and arguing. And I think maybe all the negative energy is, is sort of causing the the spirit or whatever to to get stronger i don't i don't really know how that works but it just seems from listening to to, all, to everyone else's stories that maybe that is what's happening because there's so much drama and so so much negativity in that house at the moment that it's it's causing it to escalate but so my my brother has told me too that he had the covers like ripped off of, off of him once after a bad fight with my mom and he's heard knocking on his door he's opened it nothing's there uh, he still hears the footsteps as well um, in January my my parents had the basement actually renovated completely they had walls taken down um, walls put back up in different different ways you know uh the bathroom was completely redone uh my brother's room was completely redone uh new wood floors new everything really i don't even recognize it anymore and they had so many strange occurrences while while it was being renovated which is what you hear so often from other individuals who have lived in haunted houses as well um they had redone the bathroom, the bathroom shower because of a, a nasty leak. And right after it was completely redone, inexplicably, the the pipe in the wall burst. Um, maybe it was just the, the contractors who were completely incompetent, but I, I feel like maybe it's quite possible it was something else. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my story about the ghost in the basement, who apparently doesn't stay in the basement, according to my mother. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just so happy I'm out of there. Um, I was over there last weekend, and when we were watching movies in the basement, and when my mom went upstairs to get tea, I went with her because I just I can't be in the basement alone. It gives me the creeps. I feel like I'm being watched. Um, like the the hair on my arms just raises I get all like goose flesh like I can't deal <laughs> so I'm just happy I don't live there anymore and if my mom's fine with it well good for her I guess um. okay there we go was that the end that was the end they cut her off they cut her off oh that's too bad I hate it when it does that so yeah it sounds like there's some pretty weird things that are going on in that uh that house. I mean, I, I guess, you know, she stated it too, you know. Brother's doing drugs, renovating the house. Uh, there's a lot of things that kind of stir the pot when it comes to you know, right. paranormal things. Uh, those two being uh, some of the bigger ones. What do you think of her recurring dream about the guy trying to convince her that it was okay that he was there, that he wasn't going to hurt her? Do you think that maybe it was the spirit trying to tell her, you know, Trying to convince her to cohabitate, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes uh, I question dreams because I think if we, you know, if we're freaked out, if our minds are psychologically stressed, I think there's a lot of things that we can produce on our own that have nothing to do with the paranormal that we would like to associate with the paranormal. Sometimes I think they're valid and there's there's things there. Sometimes they're just things that we've 
created. I don't know. I, I really have a hard time saying either way on the, that dream. Okay. I just find it interesting that it ceased once she moved away. The dream ceased? It did. Sure. I mean, I could also say, you know, that maybe that, that stress or whatever of living in the house also ceased, too. So maybe that kind of lifted, you know. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Dreams are a hard one for me. Really? And it's not that I, I don't believe that there's ever paranormal things in dreams, because I do. I just don't think... Well, no. I know. have... Eh, oh, gosh. In a night, I can have, you know, so many random things that I dream about. Yeah. But then again, you kind of know, I think, when it's different. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's times where it is very different. I don't know. I just wonder if maybe, since it was the same thing over and mm-hmm. over, and as bizarre as it was... Sure. Maybe that might be. I Could don't be. Know. I'm not trying to convince you. I just I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying it is or it isn't. It's just it's hard. If I were to say, is this a paranormal experience or is it not? I don't know with a dream, like that specific dream. Okay. You know, it's one of those things where if she woke up and then saw the guy, you know, as a entity. Okay, there's something going on here. Um, you know, or if, if or there's some sort of message being conveyed and then it happened. I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of evidence there. Just as far as the dream, there was just as far uh, as the dream. Yeah, there was plenty of evidence the other. The rest of the house, yeah. yeah, sure. Just as far as the dream though goes, I mean, if if we were in a, a situation um, where our house was haunted, or we were in some sort of place where we were consistently being tormented by things, I think I'd have a lot of messed up ghost dreams too. But I don't think I would necessarily always think that the ghosts were coming to me in the dreams. You get what I'm saying? I do, I do. I just think if you're seeing the same thing over and over, sure. Sometimes, I don't know, I just tend to think that that might be a message. Yeah, and I think it, there, there's two things. I was going to say, I think it could also be your mind trying to to convey a message to you, to to realize something in consciousness. Uh-huh. Um, or there's also the possibility that there is something paranormal trying to give you a message. Okay. That way. I think it could be either way, really, you know, because I think a lot of times dreams are, you know, trying to get this message to you, whether it's your body trying to tell you something or your mind trying to tell you something uh, or it's something you know on the outside uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call 855-853-4802 hi hey guys my name is patty i'm from um, nebraska i'm the one who convinced her sister after much browbeating to call in and tell you her stories about um, the hospice that she worked at in Indiana. And I was just going to call you with a couple of the other stories that she had, but um, after listening to so many of the shows, I realized that there's a lot of hospice nurses who have had the same kind of experiences she has had. So, like, um, people, patients saying that there's people standing next to her when she comes in to attend to them, and she'll say, you know, there's nobody next to me, and they'll say, yeah, the guy with the straw hat, or, and it seemed like there was one patient that always saw somebody standing next to her, which kind of of freaked her out a little bit, Um, and then another where her and her aide would be sitting at the nurse's station, and she would, they would clearly hear their names being called, when there may be only one or two patients in the whole hospital on that wing that they were on, so it'd be completely empty and they would hear their names being called enough so that both of them would turn to look and nobody would be there. So um, so there was that story. And then one of the, the stories that I was involved in was she's in Indiana, I'm in Nebraska, and she would always tell me these stories. I would love to listen to them when she'd call and tell me about them. And so I had told her, I said, if you can get me into the hospital somehow, I would love to take a voice recorder and go into one of the rooms that one of the eerier rooms, especially the one where she heard those growling noises in, and see if I can get some kind of an EVP. Well, you know, big and brave that I was, I thought, oh, no problem. But so when I finally got there on one of the weekends, she introduced me to the people that were working there and didn't exactly tell them what I was there for, but so she kind of took me on a tour of the the wing. And in in the room where she had this, where she had heard this sound, I went in there with a voice recorder and I would ask questions and, you know, kind of delay a little bit to see if there would any, be any response. And But then she left me alone. So as soon as she left me alone, I thought, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. So I kind of left the room really fast. Well, when I left the room, she had closed the door. We She closed the door after me. And then she walked down the hallway. So I was standing there waiting for her to come back in front of this door. And the door had a frosted glass panel on the front of it. 
So I had my iPod, and I was just snapping pictures all around because thinking maybe I could get an orb. Or So I was taking pictures inside the room, and then I closed the door, and then outside of the room. And I took about 15, 20 pictures. Well, nothing, never saw anything. So when we got home, we were sitting on the couch, and her, her husband and I and, and my sister were sitting there so she was just kind of flipping through the pictures just kind of looking through them and she got to this one and she literally threw the phone on the floor threw the ipod on the floor and i said what what'd you see and she she said she saw a picture of a woman or a, an image of the woman in this frosted glass of this room and one of the sensitive people one of the nurses that were kind of sensitive to, to this stuff said in that room and in another room she had sensed the spirit of a angry woman that's all she said it was just she could feel an angry woman's presence in there so when my sister was looking through these pictures she saw just the head of an angry woman in the frosted glass of this window and so when I picked it up and looked at it I was kind of afraid to but I picked it up and looked at it and I couldn't see it it's not super clear but then when you do notice it then you see it all the time every time i looked at the picture i could see it clearly so um i'm gonna send the picture my sister's got it on her phone so um she's gonna i'll call her tonight and she can send it in but um the pit the the image of the woman is in the upper right hand corner of the picture and uh, the shape the dark shape is you would think it would be me standing in front of the door taking the picture but I wasn't at that angle, so the shape of that, the shape of whatever's there is kind of odd, too, because it was only me standing in front of the window, and I wasn't at the angle where that shadow would have been cast in that angle, so my sister had gone back the next, next day when she was working mids and tried to recreate that picture to get that same kind of a shadow with the lighting and everything, and she could never get it to look like that clear distinct shadow of the person again so i'm not sure about that but that right above that is the is the image of the woman and that's what's kind of scary and it would just it just freaked her out she just dropped the phone and she hardly would look at it again so um i just wanted to let you know that story because that's what i was involved in and i'll have her send that picture tonight so hopefully you can get it in the photo gallery and people that are listening to this can be able to look at the picture too to see if they notice anything so thanks a lot for taking my call bye-bye i see the shadow because we have the photo up in the gallery right now do you see the woman i don't is that do you see a face there i kind of see a face there i have a real hard time seeing the face Although we have a piece of art directly in front of us on the wall that I don't see the face in either. I, I, don't, I, I can't understand. <laughs> I see it now, now that you've pointed that one out. How you don't see the face in that. But um, in this, this picture that we're looking at, I, I, it, it's hard for me to see the face in there. It's up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. You click on the uh, the photos button and uh, and you can see it. It's it's near the bottom. It's called Picture of Haunted Hospice Room. The shadow, obviously, very clear to make out. But uh, try and see for yourself if you can see the, the woman in that photo. It's, it's like right in here where my mouse is. To me, it looks like the shadow is almost her clothing and then her face is above it. Okay. It's like those dot pictures of the 80s and suddenly, boom, it'll pop out of me. Uh, I, 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 I'm not getting it. I'll, I'll look at it a little bit closer a little bit later. But uh, you can see on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Um, thank you for calling in and thank you for sharing the story and the follow-up. But we really, really do appreciate that. Phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. If you've not yet become an EPP, we ask you to become one. Um, if you like the show, it's a way that you can help support the show. It's just five bucks a month, or you can do 10, or you can do 15. It's completely up to you, whatever you think the show is worth to you, uh, as we put it out to you seven days a week here for uh, absolutely free. Um, it, it helps to cover our hard costs of doing that. Um, so if we get a handful of you guys helping support the show, we can continue to do the show. So that's how that works. So please, uh, please consider becoming an EPP. And if you do, we give you a bonus episode every single week as well, which is a nice little extra. Um, it's about uh, 52 extra episodes a year for you if you're an EPP. And there'll be some other extras in there as well. 
uh, as our way of saying thank you for supporting Real Ghost Stories online. All right. Okay. All right. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.